0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وقفاء السلام على عباده الذين اصطفى ما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وغلائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلوا تسليم رسائة الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد Allahumma Barikala Sidina Muhammad, ala Ali Sidina Muhammad, Gamabar, Rotan Ibrahim, Wala Ali Ibrahim, in the Kahamidu Majid. In our journey through the Book of Imam Ibn al Qayyim Rahimahullah, Al Jawaab al Kafi, and also known as Adda Uwad Gawah, we're at a stage where Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim is speaking about the topic of love and he gave us how many levels of love did we discuss? Seven. The last one was Khullah. Very good, MashaAllah. Khullah. And we said Khullah was reserved only for two people. And that is Ibrahim alayhi salam and the Prophet who are the both the Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody else can reach that particular stage in loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the rest of the six stages, they are achievable, attainable, and they are something that a Muslim should strive for in this world to try and achieve and increase every day in the love of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now after this this morning after salatul fajr we spoke about again the two things that are necessary to achieve this that is we need a strong perception strong mind why do you need a strong mind to differentiate between right and wrong okay should i eat this junk food or should i eat healthy food You, you need you need to know this stuff if you don't know Okay, people will carry on and do as they wish. Some people don't know. They don't know how harmful the ingredients are in a particular food. So they carry on. Once they're made aware, okay, that it's a different story altogether. So in the same way, in the same way, when it comes to the matters of the deen, the matters of spirituality, we need a strong perception, so a strong mind to be able to differentiate between right and wrong, be able to see straight. And number two, you need a strong heart. And the strong heart also means willpower, the courage of the heart. So the courage of the mind and the courage of the heart. And Ibn qayyim taught us that the basis of all evil in this world is because of two things. People having a weak mind and a weak heart. And the basis of all good in the world is having a strong mind and a strong heart because that leads you to good. Because to do good, you need to first to be able to know what's good and what's what's bad. And secondly, you need the willpower and the courage to be able to carry out. So we need to develop a strong mind and a strong heart. Then he went on to say that doing something and not doing something, they are both in your control. You can do, and you can choose not to do as well both of them are in your control after this we continue to say many people in this world are striving and they're trying to achieve something everybody's striving everybody's making an effort and they're trying to achieve something and it seems everybody's trying to achieve one thing and that's get rid of sorrow and worry from our lives but nobody's achieving it rather sorrow and worry are increasing And he says the reason for this is that people are searching for the cure and the solution in the wrong place. And he says the only way, he's talking about a very specific type of sorrow, a specific type of sadness, and a specific type of emptiness that a human being finds in their life. And this emptiness is not having sufficient love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That gap, That void, that emptiness cannot be filled by anything else. Many people, what they do is to fill that gap. They don't really know what's going on. There's something, there's an emptiness inside. Some people expect their spouse to fulfill that gap. They can't. Your spouse can fulfill you to a certain level, make you happy to a certain level. They can uh, fulfill your needs to a certain level. But that the emptiness that is in ourselves, that is supposed to be for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that cannot be filled by any other human being. So people then have arguments and say, oh, you know, you're not enough for me, or you're not doing this for me, or you're not, you know, I'm not happy, I'm not satisfied, I'm not fulfilled in this marriage, or, you know, I'm not getting anywhere, nothing's happening. Whereas there's nothing wrong in terms of their marital life. The problem here is, The problem here is not the spouse, the problem is yourself and the fact that that void, that emptiness which is supposed to be filled with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're trying to fill it with something else. Similarly, a lot of people start binge eating, okay, they don't even know why they're doing it, so they're eating or binge drinking, you know, Allah protect us, okay, gambling, they don't want to gamble, they don't want to watch haram online, they don't want to. They don't want to indulge in these habits, but they're doing it as a cover-up because they've got this emptiness and they don't know how to fill it. So it's either one of two things. Either they're looking in the wrong place or they want to cover up that pain of emptiness to ignore it. So people will do these things. So this is what Ibn Tayyib is telling us. So we came up to here and we stopped and we continue now from Lesson 21. This is uh, this is what we were supposed to have discussed in the morning, but we had quite a bit left over from yesterday evening. Um, so we finished that off and then time was not sufficient to continue. So inshallah, this is what we had planned to discuss in the morning today. So lesson 21, Imam Ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi is now going to teach us the power of love and how we need to understand love, be able to control our love and be able to regulate your love. These are the things that he's going to speak about. Well, Mahbub Qisman. He says that that there's two types of things that you can fall in love with. You can fall in love with two types of things Mahbub li nafsihi, or Mahbub li ghayrihi. Two types of things you can fall in love with. You can fall in love with something or someone because of itself because of the intrinsic value something has okay so you fall in love with something because of itself not because of it having value because of someone or something else because of itself okay a reality or a thing or a person intrinsic value and then the second type of love we have is uh, you love someone or something because of something else so you love someone or something because of its relationship to someone else or something else. Now this is the interesting part because this, there's two types of love that you can have. You love someone or something because of themself, okay, and ghairihi. you love someone or something because of their relationship to something else. Now the second type where you love someone be, not because of the intrinsic value because of some some relationship they have with someone or something else he says ultimately the second type of love always leads to the first type are we following kind of not too much okay we will we'll, we'll break it down inshallah so all this time what we've been saying is there's only one real love You can have in this world. Intrinsic. When you love a reality or a being for intrinsic value, and that is the love we have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we love Allah because of who Allah is. Allah is not Allah because of somebody else. Allah is not Allah because of His relationship to somebody else or oh, we, we find him amazing and beautiful because he gets his beauty and he gets his power or excellence from someone. No, intrinsically, Allah is Allah, that, so the, that is the only true love you can have in this world. All other loves, they are mahbubli li We love them not because of intrinsic value. You might love your wife, She's beautiful. She's got good manners. She's very helpful. But all of these qualities that she has, they're not her own. They're not her own. Where do they come from? They come from the true love. Okay, you can love your child. You can love your friend. You can love your colleague. You can love so many things. These loves are there, but they are you know, it might not sound very nice because we're so used to saying, I love you and love and love up But these are superficial loves. What, this is what I trying to say? No matter how crazy you might be about somebody. Okay. If it's about their looks, well, their looks are not their own. Number one, the looks will finish in 10, 20, 30 years. They won't be looking as beautiful. And number two, they didn't create their own looks. They didn't create their own beauty, their excellence, their richness, their experience. This also every kind of second type of love reaches to where? The first love. Can we see where he's taking us now? Imam Ibn al-Qayyim is now pushing us into a direction and love has to go back to something you love intrinsically. And the only being you can love intrinsically is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing and no one else. وليس شيء يحب لنفسه إلا الله وحده. he says there is no reality that you can love intrinsically except Allah alone. yeah we've got many types of loves that we have in the world but because if you ponder on this point in reality only Allah deserves your full heart and your full mind and your full soul because everybody else whatever they have comes from Him. Every other love you have is because of that love. He goes, even the love of his angels. We love angels too. We? Yeah? we love the angels. We love Jibreel, we love Mikael. You know the 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 Mushikin and many others used to say that we don't like Jibreel. Quran for Quran for was revealed regarding this okay whoever's the enemy of Jibreel is enemy of Allah so we love the angels but as amazing as they are we love the prophets don't we yeah, we have all of the prophets we love the prophets of Allah we love the awliya Allah the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but remember this love where does it go it goes to the real love. even this love
1: we're loving them
0: because of who Allah made them. So in reality, there is only one true love in this world. Only one true love. And this is the message is trying to drive home. Remember what we said, the whole problem is of attachment. The person has fallen into a sin of attachment, illicit relationship. Okay, whether it be zina or homosexuality, regardless. And the person can't get out of this sin of attachment. What's the cure? How do you come out of it? So he's saying, the way is this, you need to create a higher love, a higher love. Until a person doesn't do this, you won't be able to come out from the lower love. So you need to create a love inside you, which is much greater than the love you have. And this is, his teaching us, this can only be of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. وَهَذَا He says, you know this point, this point, Because this needs to be understood very, very well. He's saying you need to understand this deeply. He says
1: because
0: this point is so important because when you get this point, it gives you the ability to differentiate between positive and beneficial love and negative and harmful love. He goes, then what happens is a lot of people claim to love, but that love isn't beneficial, it's negative love. It, harms, it actually can harm you. Okay, so he's saying, this point you must understand. Now he's elaborating on that first point again. He says, you can only love someone intrinsically, who's perfect intrinsically. Meaning their excellence is not dependent on anybody else or anything else. Their excellence is their own. Is there any being in this world, in the creation, in the whole of the creation whose excellence belongs to themselves? No, even, even Rasulullah as much as we love him, as great as he is, as perfect as he is, Quran says again and again, where does his excellence come from? Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this kind of, I mean, if the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's love we have, is really because of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, what can be said of anybody else? What can be said of anybody else? So, one of the ways to do this, what he's telling is, study, the things and the people that you love in the world. Like, take a moment out of your time and study and think about the people you love and the things that you love in the world and try and understand why you love them. What's the reason? Look, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. This stuff you can't develop just by listening to a lecture. It's very practical stuff. It's psychological practical stuff this is. A person has to take out time and work on this. And we have to do it. It's not like, if we don't do it, then we're going to stay stuck in our attachments. You need to take out time and think, ponder. All the loves that I have in this world, why do I love them? What's the reason? What's the driving force? Why do I have this love? To try and figure out and understand. And then he goes on to say, <laughs> Because this is very simple. In this world, Allah has given you a scale, like a thermometer or a scale. If you want to weigh how much you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, it's very easy. How much do you love Allah? Okay, that's one thing. But how much do you love that which Allah loves? So this is why we're saying, figure out why you love the people or the things in the world you do. Do you love them? Do you love them or do you love them because of Allah? And if you hate something or someone, do you hate it because Allah hates it? But this is a really good way of measuring your worth in the sight of Allah. How much do I love for the sake of Allah? The things that I love, do I love it? Do I love the things that Allah loves? Do I hate the things that Allah hates? So he's saying, look, I'll give you something very practical and easy. He was in the world, if you see somebody, somebody loves that which Allah hates, okay? If I love that which Allah hates, and then we dislike those things which Allah loves, Easy, that's easy to understand. That is how much opposition I have to Allah. According to that, that is how much opposition I have to Allah. Basically saying you don't even need to look at someone's actions. Actions come next. First is all about love. This is what he's telling us. It's all about love. It's in the heart. You can see very clearly. Because shakhs, rabb because if you see another person, he loves those things that Allah loves. He hates that which Allah hates. He says, and every time he comes across something that Allah dislikes him, that thing becomes dislike in this person's eyes, and he stays away from it. Just know that this person has a high level of friendship of Allah. Simple. It's very simple. You love Allah and then you love everything that He loves. You hate everything that Allah hates. You're a friend of Allah. The more you are, the deeper you are into this, the closer you are to Allah. The further a person is from this, the further a person is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then He says, Fatamasak so Hold on to this. If you understand this point, just don't let go of this point. Because in this world,
1: fortune and misfortune
0: is based on this. Whoever gets this point has understood the crux of the matter. You've got it. You've got it. And just excel in this. Because you've got this, you've got everything. You've lost this point. he's saying you've lost everything. He says, regarding yourself and other people, this is a simple rule of thumb. There's no third rule. This is it. This is it. If you love that which Allah loves, you hate that which Allah hates. In accordance to that, you are close to Allah. If you hate that thing that Allah likes, you love that which Allah doesn't like, then that's how much in opposition you are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. al <speaking in> Hamid. <Hebrew> Friendship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the simple meaning of what does it mean to be friends of Allah? We can speak for awliya Allah, the friends of Allah. Basically, they are in accordance to Allah's desire, meaning they love the what Allah loves and they hate what Allah hates. And who are the enemies of Allah? The enemies of Allah are the people who hate that which Allah desires and the love which Allah hates. He said, wa la wa la wa la He goes, it's not always about the actions. We sometimes get fixated on the actions. It's not just about fasting and charity and dua and uh, prayer and salah. It's not always about that. First, even before that, he goes, it's about this love what Allah loves, hate what Allah hates, and you have a strong relationship with Allah. Uh, actions will come automatically. When in, when you love someone, you don't need to be told to pray. You don't need to be told to worship. You don't look up. This is followed. This is wajib, This is. You don't go into all of that. When you love somebody, okay. You don't. You, when you love somebody in the world, you don't go according to the protocol. You don't go according to the book. You go beyond because what's driving you is love. Uh, there's, there's a couple that says love itself teaches you the etiquettes and the adab and, and the mannerisms. So, do you don't need to teach somebody who is in love, okay, how to behave with the beloved. The, the love teaches you. Love teaches you all new ideas, things you have never thought of, things you would have never thought of in your mind. But love. so if somebody really, truly loves Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, they will love everything that Allah loves. This is the key message here. Learning to love everything that Allah loves and to hate everything that Allah hates. Well, we've got so many examples. The real Romeo and Juliet. Okay, we have Romeo and Juliet from our Sheikh Zubair, Shakespeare. Okay, so that came later on. Who's the real Romeo and Juliet? Who's the real Romeo and Juliet in our Islamic literature? Who was it? What are the names? Layla and Majnun. Okay? Layla and Majnun. When we hear Layla and Majnun, when we hear regarding Layla and Majnun, Layla was a woman. Majnun was mad about Layla. Layla had a very dark complexion. It's not as if she was very good looking, but he was mad about her. Extremely mad. And this is in Islamic literature, you will find these were Muslim people. And some say this, these were real individuals and this really happened. And there are so many couplets and so many scholars have taken these couplets to teach people about the love of Allah. Because the mm-hmm. way he, he was mad about Layla, if we were to become mad about Allah in a similar way, for example, Majnu says, This is what Majnu used to do. Majnou was so mad about Layla, that he would try and follow her around everywhere. If if a dog would walk on the street of Layla, the street that Layla has walked across, Majnu would go and he would follow that dog, he would kiss the dog. Because this dog walked on the same street as Layla. The street that Layla would go from, because he would go on that street and he would kiss the wolves. He would kiss the wolves. Why? Because my Layla walked from these streets. But then he gave an example, and he explained himself. He Layla. He, he, he goes, I passed through the city and the village and the streets of Layla. Sometimes I kiss this wall, sometimes I kiss that wall. It's not the love of the, the city that has penetrated my heart. But it's the one that lives in this city. It's the one that lives in this city. So it's not. This is the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They take these couplets and they say that it's not just loving Allah doesn't mean you just love Allah. The Yahud say we love Allah. The they say they love Allah. If you love Allah, you love everything that Allah loves. Everything that Allah loves. Okay? Breaking your iftar with a date. I love it. Even though you might not be so fond of dates, you, you should. Why? Because Allah, Allah, Allah This is a sunnah. Allah, a, anything. You don't then start, compar- you know, compartmentalizing and categorizing. This is part of this wajib, this sunnah, this nafal, this mustahab. No, the all barriers are gone when it comes to love. Okay, he didn't say what are people going to think of me? Why am I kissing this one? No, it was love teaches you a whole new realm. Because Allah loves it, I love it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people say. If Allah loves it, Allah loves the Prophet I love him. Allah loves everything he did. Allah loves, I'm going to love that as well. Allah doesn't like it, I don't like it. Allah hates it, I also hate it. This is what he's teaching us now. To come unto the highest love possible. And remember, inside every human being, there is a void and an emptiness. Which can only be filled by the love of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. There is nothing, no pleasure in the world that can fill that empty gap. And until that isn't filled with the love of Allah, a person will remain in turmoil and will try to cover that up in different ways to not experience that pain of separation, emptiness, estrangement from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So this is what he's saying. So now he goes on to say So when you love someone uh, for, um, not for an intrinsic value, you love someone or something because of a relationship they have with something else. And that's all types of love that we have in the world. He says there's two types. مَا الْمُحِبِّ husulihi. One is the, the one that gives the lover pleasure by attaining it. So, by attaining that thing or the person or whatever it is, it gives you pleasure when you attain it. The second type of love you have for something which, um, which is not intrinsic, you love it for something else, is when you attain it, it actually gives you pain. It doesn't give you comfort. But you, you carry out that, you bear the pain. Why? Because it's going to take you to a pleasure. You bear the pain because you know that this pain, I'm going to endure this. Why? Because it's going to bring me to some kind of pleasure. For example, um, certain types of medicine. Certain types of medicine. Nobody kind of. you, You have certain types of medicine. And you go through an operation, for example. You have this. You want to do it. Nobody goes there and saying, oh, I don't want to do it. You want to do it. Why? Because you know, at the moment now, it's painful for me, right? But it's going to bring me pleasure. It's going to bring me comfort. It's going to bring me ease. So people do this. Allah says, Allah, now Imam al-Muqayyim again, He always gives examples. Because I can see some people thinking, Why would anyone do that? He says, Kutib wa huwa Allah speaks about the topic of qital We don't have it here. But if there is in a Muslim country, they're fighting with a non-Muslim country and people are told to go out and fight. Allah says, Allah has ordained for you to go and fight. Allah well, I know you don't like it. Allah Allah speaks about us. because I know you don't like it. I know you dislike it because there's a potential that you could get heavily wounded or you could lose your life. Nobody wants to die, okay? Allah has made it necessary upon you. I know you don't like it, but it, 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 it's a bitter pill. You take it now; the end result is gonna be really sweet for you. Either you're gonna get the the wealth of war booty, or you're gonna become a martyr and you're gonna get jannah. So the end result is gonna be really sweet, but initially you're not going to like it. And this is where you know the famous verses that we always quote. It comes here. Maybe you dislike something, okay, but it might be better for you. And sometimes you love something and it's not good for you. Allah knows and you no. don't. It's over here. We don't quote the first one normally. Okay. Uh, we, we're not we're exactly why. But uh, anyway. The nafs, he says, likes ease. It likes to chill. It likes comfort. It likes luxury. But that's not really good for the nafs. That's not good for the nafs. To always want luxury, comfort, ease all the time. Why? Because then a person misses out on the potential opportunity of getting the true love of the beloved. But to get the true love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's why we're here in this world. We were here to to be in luxury. That's Jannah, right? We kind of forgot. So the whole idea of being in this world is to attain the love of Allah. And the nafs doesn't like hardship, it doesn't like working hard. This now talks about what we spoke about in Jum'ah. Okay, that's the reason i chose to speak about it in Juba because it links in with today's topic. He says the nafs, the, the intelligent person doesn't look at instant gratification. This is what he's saying. The, the intelligent person does not look at Instant gratification. Rather, it looks at It looks at the current pain and thinks, don't worry. This is is what we call delayed gratification. I will go through this hardship now. Just like fasting, right? We're doing it now in Ramadan, aren't we? Yeah, this is delayed. Allah is teaching us this whole concept. Why are we in the world, right? We're in this world. And it's been adorned and there's all these things around us, distractions, and we've been told to follow ourselves. Now the whole concept of Ramadan and fasting is to teach us that exact same thing, our purpose of being in this world is to attain the love of Allah. That's what taqwa is at the end of it, that's what we're supposed to be at the end of Ramadan. So we're being taught delayed gratification. But in the morning, right, stop eating. Now let's see, can you like stick it out all day and all evening until sunset? Right? It's in front of you, you can't eat it. Alhamdulillah, we're doing well, aren't we? Yeah, we've done well. I don't, is there anybody who halfway through the day just thought, oh, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm just coming here. Yeah? But this is halal. This is halal. Allah's training us with halal, not even haram. So If we can do it, Allah's proving you something, very strong and powerful. He's showing you your potential. You have proved to Allah all Ramadan, you have the potential. Forget to stay away from haram, to stay away from halal. You proved it. You proved it to yourself, you proved it to Allah, you proved it to the world. Never say, I can't do it. When someone says, you give up, but I can't do it. I can't give up smoking. I can't give up this sin. I just can't wake up a hood. You're a liar. That's not true. All Ram- if you can stay away from halal, okay, water you had so many how we all had so many opportunities all ramadan when there was no one watching you could have taken a few sips of water why didn't you drink why why did you not drink why did you not drink water yeah because of because of that love of allah we have so it's there we do have have it. it okay but it's after ramadan we voluntarily choose not to act on it. We've got it inside us. If we say, I can't do it, that's not true. We've just done it all month. We've proved to ourselves that we are, we've got the ability inside us, not just to stay away from haram, even to stay away from halal. And we've done it very well, alhamdulillah. May Allah accept. Now, this is what the whole idea is. Ramadan it ends and, and we kind of forget what all the t- whole test was all about. The test wasn't about Allah, Allah doesn't want us to stay hungry. What does Allah get? Does Allah get anything out of keeping us hungry? Nothing. Allah doesn't get anything out of keeping us thirsty. There's a reason why we're going through this. And that is And in our context here, is to attain that love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what he's trying to say. He says We see in the world, people take on difficulties of the world. Okay, many people, they, they wake up so early in the morning to go to work. They drive, they walk, they take hours, they, they work so hard. No one likes to do it, but they know at the end of the month, they're going to get a wage packet. It's going to be a handsome amount. Okay, they know, they go through it. So he's always bringing physical and then spiritual. Because why don't we do this and understand this when it comes to our spirituality? That for this we have to toil, we have to give up certain things. Now he goes on to explaining this four... Um, four kind of situations um, that we face in life. مَقْرُوهٌ إِلَى so one, number one, number one is, a hardship, okay, a hardship in your life that leads to another hardship. So there's something which is difficult. And by you doing that, you're gonna endure something even more difficult. Okay, hardship that leads to a hardship, number one. Second situation is, a hardship that leads to something good. Okay, like the example we've just given. So there's a hardship, you go through that difficulty and that leads to something good. Something that you love. Number three. Number three is doing something that you love to do, and by doing that, it leads you to something that you love to do. And number four is doing something that you love to do, and then that leads you to a hardship. Can you see? These are four situations we have in the world hardship that leads to a hardship, hardship that leads to something that's good and that you love, something you love that leads you to something that you love and then something you love that leads you to a hardship. Now, after mentioning these four, he says, He goes, two of them we can cancel out straight away. Something you love, that takes you to something you love. Is that easy or hard? Easy right? You don't need any motivation. It's easy. Something you dislike a hardship is taking to another dislike. Is that easy or hard? Easy. one. Because you don't like doing that thing and where it's going to lead you, it's going to lead you in trouble as well. So really those two are not the difficult ones because already there's a very strong pull from the thing you love or the thing you dislike. And there's a strong pull already So because those are not the problem. The problem we have are the other two, and that's what we need to master in this life. What are the other two? Because the other two are pulling us in opposite directions. So number one is doing something that's difficult, that's going to help you achieve something that you love. On the contrary, doing something that you love, that's going to get you somewhere that's going to be difficult. And that's the concept of doing good deeds and bad deeds. Yeah. Doing good days is easy. It's hard. You have to wake up early for Fajr. You have to make wudu. You have to walk to the masjid. Okay, if you fast out of Ramadan, it's much more difficult. Giving charity, you're losing the money. You're seeing it in front of reality. You're not losing anything. Okay, but the end result is, gonna get you somewhere good. But these are opposites now. Here's hardship. There's something you love, but you can't see that. That's delayed gratification. You can't see that. You can see this. You can see the trouble. You can't see the reward yet. On the flip side, giving up a sin. Now, I can commit a sin now, but I can see the pleasure now. It's pleasurable to me. I can see the pleasure. This is something I love, I enjoy. My nafs loves it. But what's going to happen? The consequence is going to... I'm going to get messed up later on, but I can't see that though. I can't see the punishment. I can't see the consequence. So can you see? He's saying this life is all about these two things. That's what it's all about. Nothing else. The other two are really easy, straightforward. You don't need to explain to anybody. You don't need any work on them. These two things is what it's all about. And Imam Al-Musayri in one place, he says, The nafs is like a child. Nafs is like a child. When a child is, is being breastfed, for example, a time comes when you have to stop. You have to say, that's it now. You have to wean the child. What happens when you wean the child? The child cries. No, I don't want to let go. But well, you have to. You have to. And this is the nafs. And you have to wean it off. You know how a child, you wean them off and you give them different, different things. Take this, take this, take this, do this, do. Exactly the same way is that we have to play with. You know how the nafs plays with you? You have to play with the nafs. The nafs plays with us all the time. Okay, and it drives us mad and crazy we have to understand and master it and play with it as well and play games with it don't ever say to me oh you need to break the Hajj now oh just we're just gonna go and do with it come on let's go and do with it that's it okay just pull out the musab. Don't, don't don't say we're gonna pray too long rakats. Okay? Think about how the sahaba prayed. No, the nafs will kill you straight away. No way, that's not for you. You just committed a sin yesterday. Who are you to pray Salah? No. You have to like the Nafs plays with you and how He adorns things for you, you have to play with it. You have to you have to keep like you know, all right. You don't you don't have to pray every day forget tomorrow, forget matthew, tell the nafs this. No, no, we're not gonna do it for the whole, whole month. No, just, just one day today. You know how nafs oh Just do the same just today. One just today, then make Tawbah. So this is how we have to play with the nafs. Just do it today. Forget about tomorrow. We won't do it tomorrow, okay? Make a deal, okay? Deal. just today we'll do this good deed only to... We have This is a psychological battle every moment of our lives. You can't just sit in a lecture and expect enough to change. It doesn't work like that. It's a practical effort every single day. And Imam Ibn Tayyib Rahmatullahi is saying, if the test is all about this, these two things, these two things that he's mentioned. He says this, these, these, these are the things that are pulling you all the time. Now he says, He says, what we've learned now is a very profound point. The root of every truthful thing in this world and every falsehood Every good action and every bad action, the root of it all is what? What have you guys picked up from this? What's the root of it all? Love. Beyond that as well, beyond. It's love. Love drives you to do it. Love is also gonna drive you to stop for it. That's the root. He says, when we've understood. That love, once you understand that the basis of every action in this world is love, for amal ad The basis of all religious actions is the love of Allah and His Prophet. So this is what he's saying. Now There's two things. We've spoken about loving Allah, loving for the sake of Allah, and loving everything that Allah loves. Alongside this, alongside this, if you have a beloved in the world, okay, not only do you like their likes, you try to dislike their dislikes as well. You dislike something because they dislike it. They don't like it. Or even though you might not dislike it, in their presence you're particular. You might not do those things. You might not say those things. You might not bring those food items because they don't like it. They don't like the smell of it. They don't like the taste of it. They don't like the idea of it. Okay, so the same thing over here, he says you cannot claim to be a true friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until you don't hate those things that Allah hates as well. And this topic we don't, we hardly speak about. We speak about love. We speak about loving for the sake of Allah. But this, this also part of it is Hating for the sake of Allah, if Allah doesn't like something, Allah dislikes something, we have to learn to dislike that as well, and dislike and hate that as well. Uh, and we find in the Quran how Ibrahim alayhi salam he totally disassociated himself. And it, we're going through a very troubling kind of period, where we kind of love our religion. But when it comes to hating for the sake of Allah, this is, it's like a very, you know, people kind of tiptoe around this, and they try and make it out as if, no, 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 we're okay with it, we're okay, and I think one of the greatest fitnas of today that Muslim activists are involved in, not to say we shouldn't be involved in this, but one of the most dangerous areas or arenas where this kind of thing comes about is in interfaith work, interfaith where you're working with other people of other religions, which is perfectly fine and important. It's important to create this harmony, uh, understanding, tolerance, and this connection, of course. But sometimes what happens in when you're working in this kind, you, you kind of start compromising on a lot of your values, just to make yourself look more appealing and more acceptable. The other people don't. They never cut down on their values. They will never ever step one step down from what their beliefs are. But why is it that the Muslim always kind of has to give up on everything and tries to kind of assimilate. Whereas the whole idea is interfaith. You are you, I am me. Despite our differences in faith, we're sitting on the same table. And that's the whole idea. We try to understand each other. The idea isn't for me to start giving up my values and become like you. So. Two things he says, loving what Allah loves, but also hating what Allah hates as well. Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was in that environment. There was idol worship. He very clearly announced it. And he said that, Inna minkum wa min He announced, he goes, what? He goes, what you're worshiping these idols, this way of life. No association whatsoever. I do not have anything to do with it. Nothing. Because Allah doesn't like this. I I can't, I can't sign up to this. There is no way, there is no way you can get me to agree on this, to sign on this. There is absolutely no way because Allah hates it. Okay, I only hate it because Allah hates it. That's it. It's my religion. So this is something also we need to understand. And finally, I'm going to mention, Imam Ibn Tayyim rahmatullahi then brings it uh, to a conclusion, and then this point continues from here onwards, that this, what we've just said now, loving what Allah loves, and hating what Allah hates, because this is the true meaning of La ilaha illallah. Because this is what La ilaha illallah is. Because in in La ilaha illallah, we first have La. That's what we have first. La, meaning you kick out everything. Everything that Allah hates and He dislikes. La. We say no. That comes first. We kind of leave that to a side. Or can we just focus on the illallah part? He says, look, because this, the true realization of La ilaha illallah is. How much La ilaha illallah do I have in my life? Very easy. How much do you love the things that Allah loves? How much do you hate that which Allah hates? That will explain to you how much La ilaha illallah is in your life. Very simple. He's put it it for us there in a very simple manner because this is the soul of the Talibah. La ilaha illallah. This is the essence of La ilaha illallah. How much do you love that which Allah loves? How much do you hate that which Allah hates? With this, we conclude today's gathering, inshallah. We'll continue from here onwards after Salatul Fajr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding.